Today's program, puppets of all kinds. Puppets, puppet masters, uh, the puppets on stage. Uh, yesterday, the debate, and then the Tucker Carlson and Donald Trump uh, Twitter file, or, or X file. The X files. Oh my gosh. The truth is out there. <laughs> uh, anyway, we cover all of this uh, and so much more on today's podcast, brought to you by Preborn. Preborn is trying to stop abortion, which, by the way, we do the fact check on uh, on the fact checkers. Yesterday, I think it was, uh, who was it, said on the stage that, you know, they, they, they want no, no restrictions on abortion, and we have to fight that. And I think it was Washington Post or New York Times did a fact check and said, that's not true. Seven states, seven states have passed that. And this is not necessarily a loser, as Fox News uh, said. Abortion is a loser for Republicans. Not not necessarily. Uh, it's, it's really case by case. But 24 states now, almost half of the states, have put restrictions on abortions. And the governors that have signed it, all those that were up for re-election, won. So... Uh, you know, abortion is a very difficult thing to talk about, but if you talk about it with compassion and you act in compassion, you take care of the babies and the mothers and trying just to move hearts, that's how you get things done. And when an expecting mother hears her baby's heartbeat for the first time, she doubles the chances of saving the baby. That's an amazing thing. You can be able to say, I help save a life through preborn for $28. We've already rescued about 22 or 25,000 babies already this year, just this audience. One ultrasound is $28 to save a life. It's worth it. Just dial pound 250, say the keyword baby. Pound 250, keyword baby. It's preborn.com slash Glenn. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. Welcome to the uh, Glenn Beck program. Pat Gray joins us. Uh, and I'm also surrounded by puppets uh, mm. because this is an amazing, mm. amazing audience. I, I just want to, you happen to be uh, uh, watching us on, on Blaze TV. Let me just, let me just share some of these, uh, th- these puppets that are behind me. And I feel awkward because they're staring at me. Um, <laughs> th- this comes from Andrew, uh, Andrew Olson. And he said, Glenn, I dropped all other work, uh, work <laughs> projects. I took two days off from my job. And for the past 48 hours, I've worked building these four puppets. Trump, Christy, uh, Chris Christie, Mike Pence, and DeSantis. Uh, I wish I had time to build all eight, uh, but I'm going on vacation. So I could only spend two days. And they are amazing puppets. Yeah, like these are, those are like professional puppeteer type right. puppets. Mm. And, and then I got this one in from Valerie. Uh, Valerie Perkins, she said, uh, I'm one of the grandmas you mentioned that can make anything out of anything. Uh, <laughs> she said, I made only, I only had time to make one puppet. Now, remember, we asked, I think, on Tuesday for mm-hmm. puppets. This woman <laughs> knitted Donald Trump. That's really good. <laughs> that is amazing. Uh, Incredible. I got uh, these in, uh, which are amazing. Uh, this is from a woman named 
Sally Sawyer, I think. Yeah, Sally. She's an amazing artist. But look at these. These are these are bag puppets. Oh wow! That's Chris Christie. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm not sure who that one. Barack Obama. It might be. Uh, here's uh, Nikki Haley. Mm-hmm. All right. Vivek uh, or I don't know. Maybe I don't know. I don't know. Tim Scott. Maybe uh, Mike Pence. Mike Pence clearly. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Look at Vivek. Oh, yeah, that's, oh, there you go. That's a nice, uh-huh. nice suit. Uh, this is <laughs> Tim Scott. Uh, and that's then, good. Yeah, and then this one is good. This is uh, Mike Pence. Uh, dear Glenn Beck, my mom listens to you every morning. I heard about your presidential puppet need. I wanted to send mine. Here's Mike Pence uh, from Barrett in uh, Big Timber, Monta- Montana. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. That's Jesus great. loves me. That's great. <laughs> uh, wow. And there's so many more, but we can get into it later. What was the um, what was the uh, the big thing that stood out to you last night, Pat? A um, couple of things stood out. Nikki Haley sucks, um, <laughs> and so Not does Mike Pence. Not a fan of either one mm-hmm. of them. Uh, they're still enmeshed in warmongering. I, I don't understand it. Have you guys not progressed at all to say okay? We've been at war long enough, and we've been in enough places around the world, and we've policed the planet long enough. Let's stop. And it doesn't really work. It doesn't work. No, it doesn't work. We've tried it that way for about 150 years, and it's not working. Well, we can do it all. We can have the border and fight Canada and Mexico if we want to. (laughs) We're going to start something in the Congo, and we can definitely fight for Ukraine. Let them fight their own battles. Well, I mean, we can do... We could do a lot and still fight Canada. That one I, I that, do agree could, with. You're that, right. yes, that you're, one we you're right. support that. That's a good point. Because <laughs> it's not a terrible line that Pence brings up from a line perspective. He's like, well, you know, we're the greatest country in the world. We should be able to do more than one thing. You have a bad view of our country. Oh, if you I say hated that. that. Yeah. First of all, he said it at the Iowa thing. We'd already heard it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's the exact same line. But secondly, like... Actually, our country can't do either of the things one at a time. No. We can't yeah. do any of right. these things. Of we can't do the most basic thing in the mm-hmm. world that a government's and supposed to do. we're sending them money we don't have. Yeah. And I thought he also sounded really out of touch when he was going up against Ramaswamy, who was like, look, we are having bad times in America, and we've got to recognize that we're not the America we once were, and we have to... We have to soul search and rediscover who we are. Yeah, mm-hmm. he, he said it's not morning in America. Yeah, and while I mm-hmm. I get what he's going for there, that's a, it's a, felt a little shocking to hear that. I yeah, mean, but it's, it's true. It's true. true. Everybody, everybody knows it. Every yeah. Mike Pence yeah. was just like, "Oh, you're saying the American people are bad." No, that's not what no. he said. No, it's but not what he said. I will say though, and this is the thing I did appreciate about the debate last night. Yeah. That what you're talking about, Pat, is a serious policy difference in the party, and yeah. it's good that they talk those things out. Yeah, like you, that's, that right. was actually some substance, some mm-hmm. uh, some sort of depth. Yeah. yeah, one person who really thinks this is good, one person who really thinks this is bad, let them argue it out. That's how this is supposed okay, to work. Okay, so let's reenact because Fox okay. will not. This first time in my career, I've done this 45 years, I think, something like that. It's a long and time. every four mm-hmm. years. The, this broadcast is usually has somebody that has been up all night pulling all the clips. Mm-hmm. We're not pulling any clips because we can't. can't. Mm-hmm. And you'll see it on TV. Fox has hidden this debate. CNN is not really playing any clips. CNBC, MSNBC, 
No one is playing clips because Fox is, they're saying, We're, we'll sue you. Three minutes. Yeah. Why would you do and, that? And, and, I and know. it can't be in your archives. Right. So can, after a week, you can't play it ever again. Right. So any ever show that played a, show, a single clip. You have to delete that part of the show. Yeah. That, right. It's impossible. Gosh. And, I, and and you know, m- most executives in media are just saying, okay, they're they're crazy. Zero minutes. Don't do any of it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I, quickly, as uh, you're putting your puppets on, mm-hmm. um, I would just point out, too, can we spread the blame a little bit for this? Yes, Fox deserves the blame for not spreading these around. I'm not taking any blame away from them, per se, but I want to add additional blame here Mm -hmm. to the RNC for allowing this. You're right. Next time you go to Fox, you say, you don't get this debate unless people get to see our Mm -hmm. damn candidates. What was the whole point of this? To introduce these people to America, and I understand why Fox wants to steal it all for themselves so that they can have this, oh, it's going to be an exclusive and no one else gets to see it. I get that from a self-interest point at some level. But, like, that's not the self-interest of the RNC. No, well, you you know, here's what you do. What we did when we did the summit, uh, we had the summit. It went all day. Yeah. It was behind the paywall all day. But you could we take. We paid for the broadcast. We paid for the broadcast and everything else could be taken. So you saw that even if you didn't see our broadcast, you saw those clips everywhere. 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 And why not? It's only good for you. I know. It's good for Fox for us to play the clips. Hey, here's what happened in the debate on Fox last night. I you mean, know who, you know, can, it is hard to take you seriously with a pink puppet on your hand. Oh, you, you like a, my Nikki Haley Nikki puppet? Haley puppet. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Warren, if you love Vladimir Putin so much, why don't you marry him? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you could tell it's uh, Nikki Haley because it's the only uh, feminine pink puppet. Right. Which she, by the way, made sure she pointed out to us over and over and over. We got that you're a woman. We can see it. I yeah, know the, half of the country me, can't notice the differences. Me. Excuse me. How contrived was that uh, line? I hate that. How contrived was the she? What, what? You know, should they be preparing that for a month mm-hmm. and sneak this in when you can? Yeah. That uh, if you want to talk about something, you ask a man. If you want something done. Ask a woman <laughs> like me. <laughs> uh, all right, like what? Even though what? I'm a rhino and a warmonger. <laughs> what is the audience you're playing to with that line? I like, don't know. I, maybe if you're in the general election, you, I, but you think I, it's going to win people over. But like, what? This is a party that's completely aligned against identity politics. Mm-hmm. And you come out, and your big point is, I'm I, I've got a, a girly part. Like, I, I what is that? I don't yeah. understand that at all. I, again, yeah. and I don't, I don't have a, I don't have anything against Nikki Haley. I just, I just don't understand. I that didn't either until last just night. Now just, I well, do. You, she is now I you know, Hold out on of line. Just a second. I need to add stuff. something yep. to the constitution of our program, Sarah. If you'd write this down in the rule book, <laughs> I don't want anyone to ever refer to Nikki Haley's girly parts. <laughs> Wait, that made the constitution. Is there an amendment process yeah. on this? Wow. No, it's yeah. Well, that was an I egregious event. I, I had several other words I was going to yeah. use. You should be happy yeah. I went that direction. Yeah. Now I feel a little weird as I'm holding a puppet on my hand, a Donald Trump puppet, mm-hmm. and I'm pointing with Donald Trump's nose uh, to Sarah. But uh, did you guys see the Tucker Carlson so uh, good interview. I, did I not. loved it. You did. Yeah. You watched yeah, it. Did you it. really? I, I, I watched it as well. I thought it was. I thought it was really good. I thought did they were you both really? genuine. And yes. Tucker is very genuine and bold. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, for when the, when Chris Wallace came up and, oh, that was and good. Trump said, "I don't think that's a friend of yours," and Tucker said, "No, no, he's not a friend." I mean, that's just honesty that you don't normally get. Yeah. And and then for him to call him, uh, what was it? He he called him a bitchy little man. 
Mm. Wow. Mm. Uh, I, I like. I just. I, yeah. I it but that's like brash and bold. Well, and I like fun. the part yeah. where where Tucker, where Tucker said, um, "I mean, why wouldn't they just kill you?" <laughs> and Donald Trump's yeah. like, "Dope." <laughs> uh, was there was... a tough moment at all for Trump in there? Did they get a tough question about any of the? the... It, it wasn't. No, really hardball no. stuff. Okay. No. no, I mean, again, I, I, I think they are aligned on most policy issues. I wouldn't expect it to be some hit job, but I was sure. I was interested to see if he'd push him on something like you know the Fauci vaccine or yeah. you know, the vaccine or something like that. Yeah. No, yeah, that's interesting. No, to see. he he pushed him. Believe it or not, um, to get to that, why aren't they going to put a bullet in your head? Uh, question. He pushed him on Epstein. Right. The Epstein. Did it was it, really think weird. He be, did, did Trump say he? No. Believed? Trump said he didn't believe it. But Tucker absolutely he, wait, said yeah. he was killed. He was yeah. murdered. And Trump said he was not. Yeah. No, not necessarily. He said, "I don't know." But I don't. He kind of hedged. So. It yeah, was, I think it he, could go either yeah. way. I got the impression he didn't, he didn't believe think it at it was, all. Yeah, because yeah, he was like, I, "I, I don't think so." I, I you know, I don't know. I just yeah. think it was a very sloppy, uh, a sloppy situation. Yeah, yeah, that's like, one way of putting it. He also did talk about it. Bill Barr on how Bill Barr mm-hmm. was a coward mm-hmm. and he was afraid of impeachment. And that's why he just <clears throat> kowtowed <clears throat> to everybody else. Mm. So, yeah. you know, interesting. Yeah, yeah, it was it was it was better than the debate. I think really I, I think Trump was a winner last night. I think that's a very fair piece of analysis oh, yeah. because no one. The only I liked person DeSantis. Who, I liked Vivek. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Vivek. Vivek. Like cake. Like cake. Okay. Or, according to my audience, like fake. Yeah. There's uh, definitely a lot of pushback on the yeah, there is. thing. It's a very, he's there very is. polarizing. Like, I, I don't know why. People love either. him I, or hate him. Yeah. Mm. I, which is interesting. I, I don't, you know, again, like, we it, we come from such a different experience here with Vivek. Like, we've known him long before he right. would, yeah. This audience knows him. He mm-hmm. was on the show mm-hmm. 10 times before he announced he ran for president, yeah. probably talking about his books and everything yeah. else over the past five years. So, like, we know this guy. And I think like the uh, the American people who watched him were going through were two different experiences. People like who were watching The Blaze and are informed on this guy, and I've heard him talk a, a million times. I think watched that and were like, eh, not his best performance. I, I think he was like, yeah, I think it he, wasn't his best. He had some I some of those he, back and forth. I thought he killed it. Did you really? Yeah, yeah, I, I didn't. Did. I didn't think so. I don't think anybody killed it. I, I no. thought well, he the, the and Blaze audience stood poll, above. Good. Yeah. Blaze audience poll had him at about sixty yep. percent as the winner. As the winner, and the next closest was mm. DeSantis, like at thirty-seven. Part of that, though, I think, was that he dominated the stage. I mean, every pe- yeah. they were all firing at him. He was going back, but some of those he he even seemed to lose. Like I thought, Chris Christie's, "Hey, you're repeating Obama's lines." Was actually a good slam on him. I mean, it was, mm. hey, oh, the, who's the skinny guy with the funny name? Like, who's the skinny I, guy with the funny name? Like, <laughs> kind of, what, you know, it works with the puppet. It does work with the puppet. Yeah. Uh, you know, I thought that was a bad exchange. Some of the other yeah. stuff I thought he actually sort of lost. And and while he was good and he, he made a big impact, I thought for someone, for people who knew him and like he was really good in Iowa. To the point of like he blew the room away. I mean, yeah. he, he owned the room when he was yeah. there. Mm-hmm. Um, with this, I thought he was up and down. I've heard many people say to me, he felt a little like car salesman. I'm giving you a yeah, 1999 a Acura. <laughs> it was that type of thing, <laughs> which I never taken. I've never seen that from him before. I never felt that way before. On the other hand, for people who had no idea, the overwhelming majority of people who had not paid attention to him and never seen him before, maybe never even heard of him before. I think they got the impression he was the front runner. Yeah. Everyone was attacking him. He came off. I think 
his awareness, his his he was taking a lot of people from zero to sixty last night. Yeah, and that I think worked really well. I think he had the most impact in the debate last night, moving his position. Yeah. The only thing that he could have done better, I think, is when Christie was saying. I've had enough of you. I've I've had it. Well, you've had enough cheeseburgers too. Yes, but that doesn't true. stop <laughs> you true. from stuffing more down your fat face. Yeah, that's not but really that's not his really style. style. No, yeah. no, that's not his style. <laughs> right. We, we invest in a lot of things as we as we go through life. Mm-hmm. The gastric bypass was not a good investment for Chris. <laughs> it, it didn't, didn't work. work. It just didn't work out. Did he have one? He had one, and he lost a ton of weight. Wow! And he's just put it all back on. Wow! Oh, boy. It just didn't work out. Oh that's boy! Sad. You know, sometimes I better not things... tell you about my gastric bypass that I had. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> Is that wow? This is the best of the Glenn Beck program. Uh, we have Selena Zito with us now. Uh, Selena, where'd you watch the debate last night? In a bar. <laughs> In a bar. Okay. All right, not because of the alcoholism. I think that's under control. Uh, but you, I wanted you on today because you are you're an observer of people, and you have called uh, the uh, the last couple of elections uh, exactly. And these uh, we're entering really difficult times. How did the people react last night to the debate? You know, people were really excited. And I think that, and, and, and not I think, is after conversations with them during and after and sort of watching their reactions, uh, is that they understand that this next generation of, of, of conser- conservative populists, because that's basically what was on the stage, right? This new formation of the, the Republican Party, which can be nothing, which is conservative populism. Um, they felt that they had uh, a grasp of important policy issues. Uh, They were each to a degree in a different direction, but basically in the same line with them. And and people were really excited last night because they got to see people most had governing experience, but also had a willingness to punch back and not take it in the same way that perhaps a Mitt Romney would 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 handle yeah. being attacked, right? How, how is uh, how, how is Mike Pence received? Uh, with respect, okay. uh, you know, pe- people. Whether you know, uh, he's he was nowhere on the chart for anyone's pick. Yeah. However, there is a deep respect for Mike Pence. People look at him as a man who has served this country uh, and 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 did a good job while he did it and and believed even whether they still love Trump or didn't believe he did what he was supposed to do on January 6th. No matter how hard that decision was, no matter how much pressure that he faced, they believed doing the right thing is not always easy, but something you have a duty to do. But, uh, but he was perceived last night uh, as uh, just not a factor, though, in this election. No, no, I wouldn't say that he was a factor yeah. in, in terms of a choice. Right. However, I think what he had to say was important. Uh, and, 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 uh, you know, there are a lot of conservatives that are uh, concerned about saying out loud 
how they felt about what happened on January 6th Mm -hmm. in either direction, Mm -hmm. whether they thought that it was important, whether they thought it was overblown. You know, no matter what you say about January 6th, if you're conservative, you are going to get bashed. Uh, So they thought that that Pence at that moment maybe um, spoke on both sides of it in a way that was um, good comforting to them so there is um i think there were maybe definitely two but maybe three players if you put nikki haley in in there um that uh made some ground so tell me about nikki haley uh vivek ramaswamy and uh, desantis what was the reaction Yeah, those three, when I walked out of that bar, those were the three that that people really liked. Um, They liked what they liked about Haley and what they liked about DeSantis is that they've been proven track records of of good governing, right? Governing as conservatives. That's important. They also punch back. They like that. Uh, They may not always agree with what they punch back with, but they liked that they aren't milk toast, that they aren't, you know, they are the they are the same people that would stand up for a Supreme Court nominee in the way that Trump did when um, his Supreme Court nominees True. were under attack. Right? Yes, yeah. They they would look at them as those two as as um, as as being capable uh, and competent to do that, but also fiery enough. And in, in terms of Ramaswamy, well. He, you know, I, I was the first person. I'm the one that actually broke the news that he was running. I mm. sat down with him in his home in Columbus, Ohio, uh, and and interviewed him uh, the day before he announced. And and so he was, but he still had only been sound bites, right? People didn't see him interact. People didn't see, you know, what he was all about, and they and they got a taste of it. And and it was a pretty divided room on on some of the things that he said. Uh, they liked his his um, aspirational yeah um, 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 ideas. They liked his youth. Uh, they they liked his willingness to punch back against the establishment of both parties. Um, but they're not quite sure totally on substance. And not that he's not substantive, but on all things, they're not sure yet if he has the maturity to be or either that the wisdom to surround himself with people that would um, make him good at the job of being president. Because when you're president, you know, Reagan was a perfect example of this. You with the things that you are weak at. You have to make sure you surround yourself with competent people that can um, that can help guide you, not tell you what to do, but guide you uh, out of dangerous territories. So who was the big winner last night? I think Republicans were. I think they had, uh, you know, that and, and this is based on watching people. Everyone that left that event was very happy. Hmm. Everyone that left that uh, that uh, or that bar was happy, and 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 
And for anyone who thinks that that conservatism is dying or the Republican Party was dying, this was mostly young people. Uh, and, and these were people, you know, that are professionals that are, you know, in their mid 30s, in their mid 40s, which I now consider young. Um, <laughs> and, <laughs> uh, and, and just were very excited about their choices. Yeah. But I think the important thing to remember is, is that voter, we tend to forget that voters rarely, whether it's in politics or in their personal lives, look in the rearview mirror. They always look forward. Just think about the problems that you face in life. If you stay stuck in the past, you tend to not be successful. You tend to not be able to move on in your personal life, whatever, whatever the issue is. But, but people that are aspirational tend to move forward. And, and so while all of everyone that was there voted for Trump, they're not as glued to it as you, as you, what you sort of hear about in, so, in the national news, right? right? The national news has a narrative, blah, blah, blah. But I think, I think this is a very open race. It doesn't mean that Trump's not going to win it. But I also think that, that we should pay attention to everyone. So I agree with you. Um, but strangely, um, because I think Trump, when he was talking to Tucker, there was a point towards the beginning where they were just talking about, you know, 2020 and the election results and all of that. And I thought that that's not if we focus on that and it's important to figure out exactly what happened and make sure that we correct those things. But that's what the GOP should be doing right now. Um, But if we are if we are being dragged back. Uh, then we we lose the future of of the country. And that is that's right. But everybody is very, very loyal to Donald Trump. I'm loyal to Donald Trump for what he's going through. He doesn't have to go through this. Um, He's going in today uh, to to get a mugshot and fingerprint. I mean, this is historic what they're doing to this guy. Do the people that support him do? Will they? even consider somebody else? Yeah, they will. Um, it's a really interesting nuance. And, 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 and again, I, I don't mean to come across as saying that I don't think Trump will win. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 I'm not trying to give that impression, but I, I think it's important to understand that voters can be willing to just be extremely outraged at what Trump is going through, be extremely happy with the policies that he set forward and still not want him to be the nominee. There is a portion of that. And I think it's important to pay attention to those voices. And I think part of the challenge that Trump faces right now, and and, and this is really to your point, and I'm so glad that you made this, um, is to not constantly talk about 2020. Mm. We have to remember, we have to remember that 2020 was probably the worst year for in everyone's lives. If they didn't lose a loved one or a friend or a coworker or a childhood friend, 
or and and or their profession wasn't dramatically changed. Yeah, or their job or their business. Their job or their business, or their children haven't fallen behind, mm-hmm. or their finances haven't taken a hit. Relitigating that race, and by the way, that race was just absolutely horrible. Relitigating that race means that we are forcing people to relive 2020. Mm. And that, that is his challenge. He, one of Donald Trump's greatest gifts in 2016 was his aspiration. Yes. Right? People missed, reporters missed what Make America Great Again meant. It meant being part of something bigger than themselves. The reporters called it nationalistic, racist, bigoted, whatever. You know, just add an ist at the name of uh, the end of a word, and that's what they called it. What they missed was that it was aspirational. So he was always talking about going forward, going forward, going forward together. And his problem right now is that he can talk too much about 2020, and he talks too much about himself. Well, that the, is the challenge that he faces. Yeah, and that's a tough challenge. I mean, especially when oh. they are trying to put you in jail. Uh, that's really well, hard. No. Selena, I, I, I completely agree with you. That, you. that that is what voters told me. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. We'll talk again soon. All right. Good yes, to talk to you. Sounds great. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. Seth Dillon is with us. He is the uh, CEO of the Babylon Bee. Uh, and wanted to get him in today to talk a little bit about the uh, debate and where we are. What did you think of the debate last night? Uh, well, I went on the internet um, <laughs> where people tell me what to think. Yes. And yes. <laughs> yeah. So what did you? What did, uh, what did they, they tell, tell me, you? What did they tell me to yeah, think? Yeah. 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 Well, I I will say this. I I don't know how to judge how how someone won a debate like this mm-hmm. because there's so many people on stage vying for attention, and right. sometimes the person who gets the most attention is the winner, even if they didn't do the best. Right. Um, I feel like that was probably Vivek because, yeah. I mean, the, it seemed like it was like Pence and Vivek going at it like half the time. Right. There was and, a lot of back and forth between them. Right. And um, Pence was kind of creepy, didn't yeah, you think? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, at the beginning, very smiley, like excessively smiley. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then I, went a little dark. Yeah, and yeah. that kind of, well, that was a little weird for me. Yeah. But I, yeah, I mean, look... I, uh, to your comment, it was his first time, and he handled himself very well. Yeah. Um, I think he really did. But um, I don't know how to pick a winner in these things. Yeah, I don't I, know. I think whoever we're talking about the most, whoever people are either attacking or praising the most, is the winner of the thing. And yeah. so you just have to kind of see who's trending on Twitter, I guess. So X, what, sorry, what the, X. What if, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like that's going to catch up. Uh, who was the official winner? Yes, Daily Mail came out with the first, what I've seen, scientific poll for what that's worth. Um, who had the best debate debate performance? Number one was Vivek Ramaswamy, 28%. Mm. Ron DeSantis, number two, 27%. Mm. Mike Pence was number three, 13%. What? I think I'm not surprised by that. I mean, because to your point, he, he was aggressive. He was very aggressive and, and engaged. You know, he got in the middle of it. And, you know, his views, I don't think, are exactly aligned with voters right now in yeah. the party. But... He was aggressive, and he he was in the middle of those 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 fights. He had some good points mixed in there, and for a guy who has really not made any noise at all, and all you're talking about is turning up the volume a little bit, right? He was so active. Had there been a fly on his head, it probably would have flown off. Yes, <laughs> yes, possibly, yeah. questionably. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Tim Scott was next at eight. That one was strange because I didn't think he made 
he didn't really seem to stand out at all to me. Nikki Haley, 7%. Chris Christie, 4 Doug Bergamentum at 3 And Asa Hutchinson at (laughs) 2 Poor Asa. (laughs) Oh, man. I wish we had the transporter from Star Trek because I would have beamed a lot of them right back up. (laughs) Uh, So you also have uh, the book about gender, the Babylon uh, Bee Guide to Gender. Not a single question about this no that was shocking not one i noticed that not one well you've got fox running the thing right and fox has been under some fire recently from the right for being kind of like squishy or possibly even like pro trans on some issues you know um so i was not really surprised by it but i was disappointed that i mean it's like that's like the cultural issue of our time right now it's the reason we wrote this book well does this help us define a woman (laughs) Because uh, I, uh, you know, there's there is a test in here. Listen, we are not biologists, right? So this you can't, uh, you so, can't know. So I, so I, we wouldn't be qualified, qualified to give you a definition yeah. of woman. Yeah. Well, uh, your test. Still not sure if you're a woman. Take the test. Are you always cold? No. No. <laughs> I not. am always Stu cold. Is. Oh yeah. So practice one uh, point. Has, has a human ever popped out of you? No. Uh, I no. don't think so. Right. No. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Have you ever decorated a bed with six or more pillows? Uh, I refuse to answer. Uh, <laughs> can you tell the difference between cream white and rustic farmhouse white? Oh, yeah. I refuse. Glenn definitely can. Glenn's got two points so far. Yeah. Um, have you ever... Have you run into a curb in the past 24 hours? <laughs> Be honest, Carol. Do you bleed like for an extended period of time at regular intervals? <laughs> uh, does it take you over three hours to decide what you want to eat? Are you currently a member of at least three pyramid schemes? Uh, Again, this is just this just allows us to draw general inferences, though. But because right. we're not biologists, we can't right. say definitively yeah, of course but, yeah but this course. quiz will give you a good idea right do you find simple movie plots hard to follow uh do you frequently describe your emotional state as fine when you're not mm. in fact fine is your starbuck drink order anything other than black coffee do you listen to harry styles do you know who harry styles is that's great that's great so we had this problem you know for most of human history um we didn't have science. We were all a bunch of bigots. And we yeah, thought sure. that there were just men and women. Right. And then science was invented very recently, and they determined that <laughs> men can get pregnant and that women can suffer testicle injuries. Mm. And so once scientists discovered that, it opened up this huge, right. you know, awesome opportunity to explore the gender spectrum sure. and, how, and how truly infinite it is. Yeah, sure. I was really happy that and Nikki so, Haley multiple times pointed out that she was a woman because how else would we know? Right. As onlookers, we wouldn't know she was the only female candidate, but she pointed it out like every three or four She words. had to say it. Right, yes. But is she a biologist? Does she know? Does she even know? <laughs> yeah. Does she even know? That's a great point. I mean... Well, that's a, I, I make that reference because, I mean, this was... that that that's comes from the Supreme Court I know. nomination... You've got a situation where you've got somebody getting confirmed to the Supreme Court saying, I cannot define what a woman is. That's how insane yeah. we've become. And I think, too. That's it, how insane we've become. And so to satirize it, you really don't have to satirize no, this. No, no, you don't. You really just have to hold it up there yeah. and say, look how absurd this is. And, yeah. and, they and that's kind of what this book does. Yeah. We're not, we don't really have to go much further than well, the you Democrats. Can't. Yeah. And that's, you can't. Where else do you go? Right. 
Right. It, I, I tell people all the time, they think our job is easier than ever because the no. world is so crazy. And I say, imagine if your job is to write jokes that are funnier than what Democrats are doing in real life. That's your job. <laughs> it's impossible. Good luck. Yeah. That's why you it's guys hard. keep predicting the future, right? Like exactly. You yeah. keep writing these fake articles and then they come true like six months later. Yeah. 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 We have a lot of those. There yeah. are times when I honestly look at something and laugh because I think it's you. Right. And then I'm like, oh, dear God, No. This is real. Well, we just there's just that uh, I think it was New York Times op-ed about how elections are bad for democracy. Yeah, or something like that. Yeah, we yeah, had made yeah. a joke about that, and that's another one of those ones yeah. that came yeah. true. It's just, yeah. it's wild. So, are we are we close to the end yet? I mean, <laughs> end of the insanity, not end of the country or anything else. But are I mean, there are some. For instance, comedy is coming back. Yeah, and it's coming roaring back. Yeah, I think um, you're seeing things that just. Three, four years ago, you would have never seen, right. never seen. Well, when you, in comedy, you're saying? Yeah. Um, I, I do appreciate that there, and I think a big part of the shift will be when comedians start taking this stuff less seriously and actually joke about it. This is mm-hmm. one of the problems that we've had from my perspective doing humor and satire is there are so, so many of these comedians, especially the late night talk shows, stuff like that is just propping up the popular narrative and not challenging it they're, and poking holes in it's it. It's almost propaganda. It is it is propaganda, and propaganda is not funny. No. Um, but then you've still got guys like Bill Maher, for example, who I disagree with on almost everything. He did a monologue on the whole gender issue and talked about how crazy it was. He joked about how when he was a kid, he wanted to be a pirate. Thank God no one scheduled him for peg leg <laughs> surgery and eye removal. And that was funny. And and that those kinds of jokes, people don't understand the power of comedy to undermine these bad ideas and make them seem absurd. And I, my, it's been my contention for a long time. I've said this for a long time that the absurd has only become so popular and sacred where you can't even criticize it because it hasn't been mocked enough. Well, that is the one thing that dictators and authoritarian authoritarian figures hate the most yeah being mocked yeah because once once they mock you i mean look at look at how popular comedy was when they were mocking the right right and and you had john stewart you had all these people mocking the right mocking and our it society it and was it very effective worked extremely effective absolutely worked and then all of a sudden all those shows went away well it's working in the other way now where they're all in support of the narrative and the powers that be. And so they're not challenging it. And so that just allows them to maintain their power instead of undermining it. And the comedian's primary job, really, besides making you laugh, which is really rule number one, is to is to speak truth to power, right? Just doing mm-hmm. it through humor and mockery and making fun of them, poking holes in the popular narrative. So I think I think if we if we do that, if we start seeing comedians do that, if people start to really wake up, especially now that kids are involved in all of this, you see parents waking up and speaking up about these things. If people actually get the courage to start challenging this stuff and pointing out how crazy it is, yeah. then I think we do. The pendulum does swing back the other way. How much of that do you believe? Well, it all depends <laughs> on if that actually happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If it actually happens, yeah, I think we yeah. make a lot of progress. Yeah. Otherwise, we'll be the the lone lunatics who seem like lunatics who are still saying that two and two make four. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the um, is your job at all kind of depressing? Because you're pointing these things out and you're, I mean, comedy is fun. Yeah. You know, it's fun. It's hard work, but it's fun. Um, but when you're writing it and then you see it come true, do you ever sit around with everybody going, 
Oh God, man! What I mean, this... it is disconcerting when the jokes come true. It is. I mean, we do get a laugh out of it. It's always a. It's we have this list. We have a spreadsheet where we're tracking the fulfilled prophecies, and there's nearly a hundred. I think we're at like ninety-seven or so. That's like crazy. we're about to hit a hundred of these. Where over the course of the last, the, the B was started in 2016, so we didn't have a lot of them early on. But lately, it's been ramping up, and they're coming true more and more quickly. Sometimes we'll publish an article, and within a matter of hours, it comes true, and it's reported in the headlines. So uh, that is disconcerting. Can, can we get that list? I'd love to go over that. Oh list yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I don't, like right now? Well, no, no, no. Okay, at some time. Yeah, but yeah, it's a spreadsheet. I think I have a link to it in my uh, in my in my bio. I have like the link tree, and I, okay. there's a link to it oh, in there. Okay. Someone could pull it up if they wanted to. But yeah, but yeah, we have a lot of we track them in a spreadsheet. So it's insane. It is disconcerting. It, it is some somewhat depressing that the people think that. They often criticize us. Our jokes are too close to reality, and that's why people believe them, and that's not the case. It's that reality is too close to satire. Correct. And that's why people believe our jokes, because the real headlines – you remember the headline from a couple of years ago? I think this is a great example of how – Shark attacks are being rebranded as negative interactions because it's like <laughs> stigmatizes the sharks as these violent creatures. I'm like that is comedy. It's right. comedy, yes. but that's in the, it's in the New York Post. It's a real headline, and so like those kinds of things. It's just you laugh or cry, Glenn. I don't yeah. know. I mean, what, I know. What I do? think you're gonna. I, I think we're going to come back when we're past this emotionally. Yeah, uh, and we're you know away from it, and we've hopefully you know, rediscovered the truth. The truth will be rediscovered. It's just whether we destroy ourselves completely right. before we rediscover. Before we have to rebuild but, from the ground up. Correct. But right. it will be rediscovered. And when it does, people will look back at this time. I mean, this they will write about this period of of history in so many different ways. The dis- yeah. I think the destruction, the way the left has pulled this off is brilliant. Yeah. It, it, it's, something it's happened to- quickly, too. I mentioned Bill Maher a minute ago. Dennis Prager was on Bill Maher's show oh, a few years ago. You remember this clip from like yeah. what is it, 2018? I don't know when it was. Yeah, not that that not that long no, ago. I think it was. And 18. he was talking about how they were starting to put tampons in the boys' restroom. Mm-hmm. And Bill Maher and his audience thought that was hysterical. You're out of your mind. You're making that up. It's not really happening. I mean, yeah. that's how quickly it's it's so, gone. So but. tell me when when you've who's this book targeted to me? <laughs> or is this is this a book that because I, I really I want to ask the people who have gone down this road where I've got to have tampons in the boys uh, room. Yeah. Um, you would have thought that was insane. In fact, you know, the the, uh, the clip that you're talking about, they did. All the Democrats just, in the room thought it was crazy. All of them thought it was crazy. Yeah. There's no new evidence that has been, you know, we haven't found, hey, look at this. You know, it's a removable penis on, right. you know, on old bones that we found. Right. It, it, nothing has changed. Right. Except people have just told you that you have to say these things and this is the new science. Yeah. Do, do you think people will pick this up and maybe, maybe go <laughs> second guess it? Yeah. I think, I think they I'm, might. So one of our most popular articles ever was about how a motorcyclist identified as a bicyclist and set a world record. And it went ah, crazy viral. Great. It got like 6 million or 8 million shares or something like that on Whoa. Facebook. And I got a stream of emails, a steady stream of emails from people, no joke, emailing me straight face saying, I didn't really understand the men and women's sports I- issue, what the issue is. I thought it was all about tolerance and acceptance until I read this article. It, it like made it clear for me how, how crazy this is. It really does actually have an impact on people's thinking it when does. you draw out the absurdity of it that way 
by, by putting it in a humorous context. So I don't know. Can you hand this book to a liberal Democrat who's on board with all this stuff and they will all of a sudden renounce all of it? I don't mm. I don't know that that's necessarily the case, but I, I'm going to leave one. in. But the a reasonable person, <laughs> reasonable person reading through this, I think, will find a lot of it funny and they'll find it funny because it's true. Yeah. And like you said, the truth, you can't you the truth will assert itself. Yes. At some point. Yes. And you can't overcome that. Yeah. Uh, thanks so much for being here, Seth. Uh, yeah. The uh, name of the book is the Babylon Bee Guide to Gender. It is uh, pre-sale right now. Comprehensive handbook to men, women, and the millions of new genders we just made up. <laughs> uh, from Babylon Bee. Thanks, Seth. Appreciate it. Thank you, Glenn. Na, na, na.